You are listening to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you once more for listening today as I value this opportunity to minister to each and every one of you. My prayer is that today's message touches you in an incredibly special way and allows God to keep you in perfect peace until we come together once again. Before I begin this morning, I want to ask that you pray for Rodney and Clarence, Bobby and Karen and Francis. Also, I ask a special prayer for my soon-to-be great-nephew, Nehemiah, meaning comfort and hope, and his beautiful mother, Cynthia, and father, Mark Anthony. The oceans are littered with sunken vessels. Those capsized and tossed to and fro by the torrent of waves and the ceaseless billow of the winds. Meanwhile, Others having faced similar circumstances remained afloat, although battered amid the most perilous seas. They may have been tossed about, overshadowed by darkness, but they were held in place by the weight and strength of their anchor. Likewise, we as Christians must have an anchor as well to keep us upright and pitched forward in the midst of the storm. Not only is it important to have one, but also to ensure it is of use to us and is the right size. Our anchor in Christ, in whom we cast the fullness of our hope. It is easy to become distracted by the elements and immediately seem to forget the importance of the things we learned while we were ashore, such as safety drills, which means the knowledge of the things that we keep and use for safety, avoiding the pitfalls and hazards of sin. Recurrent training, that's training that we do over and over again repetitively as we prepare our minds and bodies and souls for the journey called salvation. And we also have what we consider as emergency procedures. It is how to incorporate and make active what we have learned and know about God in case of crisis, giving us the ability to sail confidently into deeper waters. It was Jesus that told the disciples, fear not. It is he whom they saw walk upon the waves and spoke to the winds and they became still. Likewise, when they toiled all day and caught no fish, Jesus told them, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. They had no idea as their response was simply, nevertheless at thy word. And because of their obedience, they caught a multitude of fish. If we trust him, if we believe that every word he has spoken is true, he will be with us no matter where it is, we find ourselves, no matter how dire the situation, no matter what our eyes behold or our hearts tell us, we must cling unwaveringly to the promises contained in the word of hope and the blessedness to come. Why do we need anchors? The anchor's purpose is to keep the ship safe and secure at a desired location or to help control it during severe weather. However, to accomplish this vital objective, simply having an anchor is not enough. 
The anchor must be, of all things, secure, dependable, and used suitably at the right time. Douglas Miller described it best in the lyrics of his song, in which he says, Though the storms keep on raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day, Still that hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But if the storms don't cease and if the winds keep on blowing in my life, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. And then he goes on to say, oh, I realize that sometimes in this life we're going to be tossed by the waves and currents that seem so fierce. But in the word of God, I've got an anchor and it keeps me steadfast and unmovable despite the tides. Today's episode is titled Anchored in the Lord. If we turn to Jonah chapter 2 and we read verses 1 through 10, it tells us this. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine afflictions unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I. And thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I look again toward the holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou bought up my life from corruption. O Lord, my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came unto me and to thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it sped out Jonah upon dry land. There are three common stories in scripture that depict the turn of the seas and the winds against a besieged ship. One reflects the narrative of an individual named Jonah endeavoring to escape from God's presence as outlined in Jonah chapter one verse three. The other was Jesus demonstrating firsthand what our response should be In the midst of a storm itself, as he spoke with authority, the words, peace be still. That's Mark chapter 4 and verse 39. And lastly, Paul exhibiting that even though the ship is utterly destroyed in the midst of the sea and dashed upon the jaggedness of the rocks, it does not preclude the gospel from reaching its intended purpose and going forth as God told and reiterated as Paul said in Acts chapter 27 and 22. And it says, then Paul stands up and says, 
Not one of you will lose his life. Only the boat will be lost. God is able to keep us in the midst of everything. Many of us have found ourselves there amid the waves of life crashing about us and the rush of winds constantly blowing, and yet God is there. We routinely ask where, but as he promised over and again, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he is that doeth go at thee, and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. As God's people, we are going to face trials and tribulations. We are going to suffer heartache and hardship. But how we endure and how we press through depends on the depth of our foundation. What it is that anchors us and holds us and binds us together. Where do we cast our hope and confidence? Can we buy our way out of a circumstance or can we barter away the breath of our sorrows? The answer is no. Whereas reading scripture gives us a certain amount of relief, it is our faith in such that brings forth affirmation, proclamation, truth, and life. Scripture states without faith it is impossible to please him. Therefore, our faith brings to life the entirety of scripture. It gives our lives purpose and relevance. Jonah was a servant of the Lord and God directed him to go to Nineveh. However, he complained within his heart and chose to go the opposite direction that God commanded towards the city of Tarshish. His desire to escape God was so strong that he thought it would be better off if he were dead, being cast into the depths of the sea as a means of completely avoiding the task that God had given him, which was to warn the city of Nineveh against its pending destruction. The city of Nineveh at the time was akin to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was God's intention to destroy it within 40 days of receiving Jonah's message of woe and repentance. But he chose not to. How many of us fall into this category? He would rather see the city destroy than to deliver unto the king and his people the word of salvation. Consider this for a moment. You have a message of repentance, the ability to save thousands of people as appointed by God. But you refuse to do so. Scripture tells us that after being cast into the sea, God prepared a great fish to swallow him up. And that's verse 17. It was not by happenstance. And there he dwelled for three days in the belly of the fish. The peril of the story does not match how we have portrayed it as merely a child's story when we talk about Jonah and the whale. It was not. Jonah was not having fun those three days in the belly of the fish but was choked by the seaweed, engulfed by the swell and the stench of dead fish, surrounded by the depths as he sank to the deepest parts of the sea, struggling to find the tiniest morsel of fresh air. We too can become overwhelmed, overcome by circumstances that are far beyond our control. 
Yet the thing that saves us is not necessarily to our liking, nor is it our preferred method. However, as God prepared the fish for Jonah, he too has prepared something for us likewise to save us from sudden death and cause us to deliver the appointed message. Do you think that while in the belly of the fish, Jonah preferred to die? As the scripture told us, it was some time later before he even began to pray. Or did he straightway call upon God to deliver him? Jonah represents those of us who would rather run than do what God has called us to do. We believe it's easier to face the consequences even if it places us and others in harm's way. The Bible says he chose to go another direction and believe by doing so, he would escape God's presence. But that was not the case and is not for us as well. We may indeed hide, but God finds us right where we are. It says he slept while the others fought against the storm to keep the boat afloat. Fearful, they ask, what have you done? And being more fearful of God than he, they initially refused to cast him overboard, knowing he was the cause of the commotion. Even in the midst of sin, unrepentant and refusing to heed God's beckoning, we cause others, even those we love, the most irreparable harm. And when we finally yield, we are offended that those who we believe God intended to punish with unrelenting severity repent and discover the splendor of his righteousness and the abounding grace of his mercy. We cannot run away as our soul should cling to the anchor that is God. The weight of the anchor itself is the entirety of God's word, while the links in the chain are our experiences as the result of the battles that we fought and won and all the times that he has proven himself to us. If the anchor is too heavy, it will drag the boat and all of its occupants into the abyss. Contrarywise, if it is not heavy enough, our ship would remain forever adrift, cast upon the waves and the seas tossed to and fro. Jesus demonstrates how we are to abide upon the flood of the sea and against the billowing winds. He shows that no matter the circumstance, we can find rest therein, even when the outcome appears to be dire, because our lives are anchored in God, in whom we cast the fullness of our faith and confidence. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 reads as such, This hope we have as an anchor of our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. Long before we set sail, God painstakingly prepares us, crossing every T and dotting every I. Like Noah, his word gives us the precise dimensions of the boat we are to build. No two are identical, as we meticulously add to it accordingly based upon the totality of his word adding daily both depth and breadth to that which will soon be cast upon the seas. 
reading and praying, fasting, the embodiment of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all the attributes of Christ. Of course, we will over and over again face trials and tribulations in our lives. All God's people do. That is how he moves us from glory to glory and faith to faith. He tries us amid the storm, not to destroy us and to bring us to utter ruin, but to see what abides in us and to remove what does not belong. As we say, not my will, but thine be done. The same words Jesus spoke in Gethsemane before his betrayal and crucifixion. Jesus was awakened and the disciples were fearful and asked him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Mark chapter 4 verses 38 and 40 read as such. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said unto them why are ye so fearful how is it that ye have no faith his response was simply O ye of little faith and immediately spoke to the winds and the sea saying peace be still and the storm ceased Jesus once more demonstrates how we are to abide amid the storm We're not to panic or give in. We are not to cast aside our faith, but rather stand confidently upon God's word and the promises contained therein. For it's impossible for God to lie. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. We are assured every word and every promise is true. For while we may have forsaken him, he has never done the same. He has delivered us, confident or not, repeatedly from the storms that rage in our lives. He fulfilled a promise unto Abraham by giving him the long-awaited son. He fulfilled the promise of Jacob by changing his name to Israel after wrestling with an angel just before sunrise, saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. He delivered the Hebrews out of Egypt after 400 years of bondage into a land flowing with milk and honey. He spared David against the Philistine giant Goliath, who mocked the armies of God, asking, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? He spared Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace as they refused to bow when the music played and he preserved the hopes of humanity in the flood by sparing Noah and his family. He restored unto Job all he lost and multiplied it several times over as he uttered the words, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He spared us by sending the promised Messiah, the only begotten of the Father, to deliver us not from the rule or bondage of an earthly kingdom, but from the bondage of sin that so entangled us, our hope of salvation was a great distance off. Jesus, by speaking to the waves and wind, gave us the blessed assurance that we too can do likewise with the greatest confidence 
prayer changes absolutely everything. Will your anchor hold? Is it weighted enough? Are there enough links to keep you afloat? God endlessly seeks to get our attention, to do as he has appointed, to go forth and deliver the words of salvation, repentance, and redemption. It is said that once the king heard the message of his imminent demise, immediately he and the entire kingdom, man, woman, and beast, fasted and repented of the evil they committed against God. His response being found in Jonah chapter 3 and verses 9 through 10. And it says, Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And it goes on to read, And God saw their works, and they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. We must be persistent and steadfast like Paul. When he was cast upon the sands of the shore after the storm, ravaged the ship on which he was traveling. While he was underway, he could have easily turned against his captors and encouraged their drowning as the boat sank. But having learned all he did through Christ Jesus, it was impossible for him to do so. Therefore, he was able to confidently say to each and every member of the ship's crew, not a soul will be lost. While the ship's ability to endure had less than a desirable outcome, the lives of the men were spared rather than being lost and cast into the sea, thus demonstrating as reflected in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 58, Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your Lord, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In closing, in the midst of the storm, what anchors us and causes us to be still? It gives the assurance that God is in control and of absolutely everything. And for us to know that it's going to be okay. When the swells splash and the billows roll and the winds howl and the waves crash upon our bow. Where do we place our hope and our confidence? When we are amid the sea, what holds us still and steadfast and immovable when we cannot see beyond the horizon? and the stars have long disappeared from the night sky. Can we simply say, peace be still? Is our soul anchored in the Lord? And lastly, I will only say in these words, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground 
is sinking sand. Thank you so much for listening and sharing your time with me today. As Perspectives continues its outreach, I humbly ask for your prayers as I seek from God what it is that I am to share with you each week. If you enjoyed what you have heard, please subscribe by using the Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you're listening to me via Anchor, leave a voice response by clicking on the message button and start recording when the button turns red and follow the corresponding instructions. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. You can also send me an email directly to howarddc42 at yahoo.com or text to the phone number from which you received today's episode. May God continue to bless each of you and may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.